Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at Ziggy's Stockton with locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun episode 119 where we talked about all the things in Kingsland as usual. Uh, not too much going on out there, but it was a fun conversation, you know, coming off of Summer League, the draft, and just kind of pending moves and things coming up. So if you're looking for that episode or any of our other episodes, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, was good. What is going on, everybody? Oh, what is it, Wednesday tonight? It's Wednesday. I, I lose, dude. I lose track. All right. It, it's like, dude, baseball season's so long, right? So I'm kind of at the point where I stopped watching as many games. Um, there is literally no basketball. Training camp is on for football, so that's exciting. Uh, I think the Hall of Fame game's on tomorrow. But, dude, fucking dead period of sports. Ain't shit going on with the Kangs except for signing Matthew Dellavedova, which is I mean, whatever. People can be hyped about that all you want, but I mean, it is what it is. I don't think we need to talk too much about that, Eric, right? Um, but overall, uh, you know, good week. I haven't been, I didn't bet at all this week so far. Um, I, I took some major losses last week, got a little humbled. Uh, so I decided, you know, probably take the week off, come back strong next week, um, especially once those preseason NFL games come on, bro. I'm trying to be real degenerate with those. Uh, so yeah, not much going on. As you can tell, I'm really talking about nothing, but, uh, yeah. Well, I, I think, I think betting is a good place to start. Cause there's, you know, why not have a good conversation about betting? So with that, I do have the believe ad this week, which is bet online as usual. So bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests. And even, uh, the first, be the first on the market with odds and lines, um, find reviews and news for every league, including major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports. And even golf, Ryan, we may need to get into that live league betting. We can talk about that. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, love in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to join today and make your sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, B50 to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. You know, Ryan, we talk a lot about betting and I do actually get people because we talk about it so much. And I think a lot of people aren't as open to it. Um, I don't know why I guess they just ain't about the life. Um, but you know, in Kingsland, people are talking about so people are like, Oh, you know, Kings cast, what's good. Where you do your betting where you, so I tell people, you know, bet online, you know, there's other ones you can check out. Um, but you know, do you, do you think everybody understands how betting works? Like, what's the reluctance? Why would people not talk about betting at this point? Why would you not do it? I mean, I guess maybe you're just broke 
or you ain't got the money, or you just ain't, you know, well, I say the more PC way, right? You don't value your just to spend your money that way or something, well, right? You know, I, I think it's a few things. I, th- I think it's a little bit of the stigma around it, right? Degenerate, right? Like you, you know, people think of sports betting and stuff like people who are like, like me, who are betting almost every day on the most random shit just because it's fun. Um, you know, they, they think that's, you know, that degenerate lifestyle. Some people just ain't about that life, Eric. But also, I think in, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I think a big part of it is people don't understand it, right? People don't understand what, you know, plus 800 means, or people don't understand, oh man, the, the Kings are, you know, plus 240 tonight. What is, what, what is that? Oh man, are, are they favorites? Are they, are the underdogs? What are we doing? So I think um, that has a lot to do with it. People don't understand what parlays are. Um, you know, like that's a, that's a thing. So yeah. Um, teasers, teasers as well. You know, like when I first started betting, uh, you know, I had to educate myself a little bit on, on how teasers work and, and, you know, how, how everything works. So I really think it's, it's not so much the people can't afford it. I think it's people don't freaking understand it, dude. The association you know, to Jen, the negative association, I don't get. Yeah, I, when I think of betting, I think everybody who gets into betting likes to see themselves as like George Belfort and Wolf of Wall Street, or it's just like letting it fucking ride. Like, you know, I'm not fucking leaving. They're standing there just roll, just rolling the dice. And I think that, uh, not that that's actually how it is, but I think that's kind of the, oh, I, I like to believe that it's fun like that. But it, there, there is a, for me, it's not even really about the money because. I'm never going to put myself in a situation where I'm going to I'm going to bet to past a point where I feel uncomfortable or I'm going to bet to a point where I feel like, oh, I need to like cut back on fucking food this week because <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, you know, I took the money, a money line parlay, all dogs <laughs> on the road <laughs> just to get that. Like you said, that plus 800 payout, which probably would hit something nice like that. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to bet to that point. So for me, you know, there's no reason, but I think that just throwing a little 20, you know, a little action, you're going to win some, if you do it, you're going to win some. It's not like it's all negative. Um, throw 20 bucks here and there the, I tell you what, if, if, if you are, you know, nervous, you don't know how to start, like dip your toe in the water, go on bed online, football season. Throw a little bit of money on a couple different games and sit there and just tell me by the end of the day, you know, you ain't a little more sweaty than you mm-hmm. usually would be. That's all I'm saying. And I think there's that little bit of rush. It, you it, know, it, t- it ties into for me, um, it's similar, you know, to fantasy football. Okay. It it makes, you know, the one one of the great things about fantasy football, you know, is it makes that casual fan who only, you know, like hey, we live in the Central Valley of California, right? Raiders fool you know how it is dude all the Raider fans it made those people who only watch Raiders or Niners games watch all of the NFL because why now they got action on the Houston versus Miami that crap you know people are waking up at five in the morning and watching that Miami London game because oh I got Jalen Waddle on my roster shit like that so um, that's kind of what betting does for me is you know, if I got a parlay, bro, and I've hit on the first three or four legs and that fifth leg needs to come through for me for Sunday night football, you're goddamn right. I'm watching that game. I don't give a shit if it's bears, Texans or whoever bears Jags. I don't give a shit. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch that game. So uh, for me, it adds a a, a competitiveness uh, and it just adds that next level viewership, dude. 
and obviously, you know, like you're talking about, I know we come on here and we talk like we're degenerate gamblers, but in all seriousness, um, I'm I'm not gambling to to pay to pay the bills or I'm not skipping out on meals because I'm gambling. It's hey, I I, I gamble with my fun coupons, man. Like Jordan Belfort would say, they're they're just fun coupons. So, um, but yeah, betting has definitely changed, dude. Even like baseball, you know, I, I I'm a I I know what's going on with baseball. Okay, I, I know everything. I look at box scores and stuff, but to be honest with you, I don't watch Tuesday games. You know, I, I watch pretty, I'd say 60% of the Giants games. But when you damn right, when I got action on that, you know, Sunday night Dodgers Padres, I'm watching that shit. So um, it definitely, like I said, it's added a, a a next level viewership for me. So I really enjoy it. And, you know, for people who are betting, dude, I, you know, a couple of years ago when I got into it, I, I would watch YouTube videos. Um, I, I educated myself a little bit. I, I would talk with Eric a lot about, hey, you know, what's this? What's this? So um, it's really easy. It's not as complicated. You, you start seeing all the plus and minuses around and you and you get nervous. And uh, but it's really easy. It really is. And it's fun, man. Highly, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, you just got to you just got to, like you said, figure things out and you don't have to go crazy. Like, you know, it may overwhelm you. We talk about the legs and the parlay. And I, I, I guess just the 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 reason the NFL is so popular is because for that, you're really just betting, um, you, you know, you're just betting teams. You don't have to go crazy. You don't have to prop something. You you can kind of bet, you know, spreads on teams. And, and that's what's fun is just to be able to put a, it's not complicated. You're basically saying, is this team going to win by this much or more or less, you know, or lose by this much more or less. So you're just kind of playing that and you're kind of sitting there hoping for it. And it's, you know, what you know, when betting really hit like peak funny for me though, Ryan was, was this last season, all the games we were going to the Kings games. So, you know, f- we talk a little bit about live betting. So live betting is when the game, so you have to get, if you don't not familiar with this, right. You have to get your bets in before tip off, before kickoff, like uh, five minutes before whatever, before books close. Right. From there though, live betting, it's constantly updating and changing odds you know, based on what's happening in real time. So when you're in the arena, you know, it's very fun to bet guys, you know, over, is this person going to make over nine points this game or this quarter, or, or is this guy going to get this many rebounds this quarter, more or less that, you know, and remember we had a lot of fun and there were times where it made it fun. Obviously this, this season, the Kings had issues with ticket sales and there were a lot of times the arena was kind of dead. Right. And, so part of that was because the Kings just kind of, I think they just dropped the ball this last year, which we've talked about, right? And so when you're in the arena, you know it's some bullshit game and they're just looking like dog shit, right? You add a little something, it all of a sudden it's just, it's hella fun. And and I remember there was a time where we were betting, we went on a massive streak early, and basically, you know, I love that the Kings went and got uh, Sabonis, but it totally ruined our whole rebound thing we it had did. fucking going. <laughs> so Ryan and I were just riding this, like basically opposing centers. We were just taking the over on the rebound. So over means like that they would set it, you know, Yusuf Nurkic is going to have eight and a half rebounds lower than that or over that, right? Uh, over or under. And so we were constantly taking the over because the Kings had just so many issues down low that, you know, Yusuf Nurkic, I think that one game, remember we, we bet Bro. we in game bet it two times and hit dude. two times. And so like this dude started, had 21 rebounds. He started the game. It was like, I want to say it was nine and a half where it was over under nine and a half. We take the over. 
this fool had nine rebounds in the first quarter. Okay. So he had nine rebounds in the first quarter. So we hit, and then it popped it up to like 15 rebounds. And we lied that 15 rebounds hit that shit. And then it bumped up to like 17 and a half. And we bet that again and we hit on 17 and a half. So it was just, you know, when the Kings were sucking, dude, and like you said, the arena's empty and it's Wednesday night. We were having hell of fun, dude. It it was a blast, man. But, uh, you know, you you were talking about one of my favorite things about betting is prop bets. Dude, Eric brought it up earlier. I love prop betting football games. Okay. I love prop bet like, hey, is Debo Samuel going to have seven catches today? I love that shit, dude, because then you're just you know, every single play, you're just like, come on, throw it to Debo. You know, is George Kittle going to have a touchdown? And you're just like, you're inside the 15 and you're just sitting there sweating like, come on, come on. So uh, it's it's a blast, dude. Just you can't get carried away, right? Self-awareness. We talk about it all the time. And I'm a big self-aware person. So, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, don't jeopardize your guys' bank accounts. I'm not advocating. For, I'm not advocating for that. Don't miss your mortgage payments. You know, don't get your car repoed over some sports betting. But you got some extra funds, man sit there on a Sunday, dude, and, and and hop in on the fun, so. And use the promo code, believe, B-L-E-A-V 50 for that 50% welcome. As I just want to say it, because it, nice it, nice I'm trying to become a better professional, you know what I mean? But, you know, I would say if you have an issue where you drink too much when alcohol's around and you smoke too much when smoking's around and you jerk off too much when you're alone, <laughs> like every day, too much, <laughs> too much. you know, <laughs> maybe betting you might want to stay away from. Because you might be, then you might be leaning towards Ryan. So, you know, where you're betting the fucking overseas European, you know, <laughs> esports. <laughs> I'm sure, that. you know what? Okay. I'm going to tell you is when DraftKings first came out, I was definitely doing like esports, fantasy esports, because I just wanted, you know, that's what's, that's what happens. It's like when you, when you, when you get on like a motorcycle for the first time, Ryan, this got a little mm, to it and you get on it and you, and you rattle, just kind of takes you for a ride, kind of jerks you around. You can't control it. That's how I feel. That's how I feel like, you know, that's how I feel when you are first to start betting, you get that little adrenaline, that little juice, and it's just taking you for a ride. And then you start betting, you know, you catch yourself throwing, Hey, it's just five bucks on esports. Like I couldn't, I couldn't uh, explain how to bet esports, but I know that there's payout, right? And so just, <laughs> just don't do that. You know, the cricket, you know, if you don't know the rules of cricket, don't bet cricket. But uh, yeah, all what right. are you talking about, bro? You'd be doing some, Hey, I'm a football, basketball, baseball, and I do bet the majors in golf. Let me, let me, let me bring this up real quick. Okay. The majors in golf, it's freaking phenomenal. It's any golf tournament, but really like, so I went and bet the masters this year. It's awesome, dude. You can do matchups, right? So it would be like, Rory McIlroy is going to finish higher than Jordan Spieth in the tournament. That shit is hella fun, dude. So highly recommend if you ever do, you know, get in, if you do like watching golf, bet golf on the majors. It's an absolute blast, dude. And it's like five bucks and you, you know, saying this guy's going to beat this guy in the tournament. So a lot of fun. My favorite, I would say my favorite sport for sure is the NFL. For sure the NFL. Yes, yes me too. And then um, after that, I actually kind of really got into betting, prop betting basketball. Pro- prop betting basketball was fun this last year. Uh, I don't like to bet too much. I don't like to bet baseball. Um, I love I love the UFC. And, uh, I, you know, big UFC fan as you are. You know, I watch every, every card, big card at least. But I don't like to bet the UFC. UFC's kind of had has betting issues because the payout for uh, winners is not great. The odds aren't great. You know, it's like bet a hundred to win like 
20, 25 sometimes. And that's just not worth that. And then the, to, you, you know, you could put juice on a, uh, you know, an underdog, but you know, a hundred to win, you know, one seventy five or two seventy five, right? But it's just hard because it's like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 not as like there's not as much parity, if if you will, in it as in other sports where you can kind of get close to the lines, get close to the props. So I love UFC, but it's not my favorite to bet. But I, I'll I'll bet the big ones when we get together with people. Just like I said, just to have a little a little juice out there at a party, you know, motherfucker gets knocked out. You got the money on him. It feels good. Whatever the payout is payouts, nothing. It feels good. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a player for you this week, Ryan. I forgot you. Yeah. You, you last week, you, uh, last episode, do you remember who it was? We never, we never remember. Uh, we caught, never do. Our... Caught me slipping. This is the one I missed. Uh, yeah, it was a white guy. Oh, sure. Mike, Michael Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy, yeah, you missed that yeah, one. But Eric fucking cheated. All right, look, he said shooting guard. Mike Dunleavy was a small forward, man. It really threw me off. Well, I said small forward shooting guard, and I read it off his Wikipedia page. If I didn't say that right, but I, I I read that like word for word, and then after I did admit, like, yeah, that was a little shysty. That probably wasn't. I don't remember him ever playing shooting guard, but nevertheless. You know, you were thinking black. You were thinking black guy. That's why I was. I, I you were was. thinking black guy. And then you're like in your head, you're like, and then it was white. You're like, what? Third pick in the draft from Duke, white. You know. All right, this week's player, Ryan. Um, okay. Let's see. He wasn't really notable, and when I read him, most people are going to be like, "Who the fuck is that?" So if you get him, if you get him, Ryan, this is a straight dub. If you don't, I think the people will. Uh, sympathize with you. Okay, so this guy is a uh, he was uh, drafted in 1998 19th overall, all right? And he played for the Suns from 98 to 99 and the Magic from 99 to 08. He was a Paul, uh, sorry, power forward slash small forward, 6'9", 238 pounds from, uh, um, if I didn't say it, Notre Dame, all right? He, but he was an he was a career seven points a game. Who who'd you get? Pat Garrity. Hey, you got it. That was a good one. I I I thought you were just gonna. Yeah, speak Come on, on it. man. Speak on Come it. on, man. I'm a. Hey, look at this, man. Okay. Eric caught me slipping last week with Duke. Uh, he get that Michael Dunleavy really. You know, I take this shit really serious because I really do pride myself on these. Okay, for you guys that that for people who don't know me, okay, I'm extremely competitive, and I you know I pride myself on this is what I do. So, uh, but the, the reason I knew the Pat Garrity one, okay, just just to give you guys a little insight, uh, we used to play NBA Live like 04, dude, and Pat Garrity had that three point shot. So when you use the Orlando Magic, man, you just always have Pat Garrity. We, me and Eric were kids, and we used to turn the fatigue off. So you just always got to have Pat Garrity in that starting lineup to hit them threes. T Mac was my favorite player. He's probably my favorite player of all time. So I always had the Magic. Uh, back then so that's the reason i knew the pat garrity pat garrity thing so uh, yeah, really pat- good player really good player actually uh, very you know like ahead of his time yeah yeah a lot of guys ahead of their we talked yeah. about that on the on an episode or two ago where we talked about how there was this in the 2000s there was this type of basketball player who was a really versatile like forward but they weren't uh small and quick enough to play small forward but they weren't big enough to play in that nba of that time, which was big men, big men all over the place, 
you know, the game was inside the key. So they kind of were misplaced. And so we talked about guys like that. We talked about like Anton Jameson. Um, we, we talked Tim about Thomas, Tim Thomas, Sharif Abdurrahim, dude, Sharif Abdurrahim. I, I think about this all the time. Sharif Abdurrahim was a guy. I think he made an all-star when he was all-star team with the Atlanta. He was a 20 point per game guy. Dude, Sharif, he was 6'9", though. Sharif Abdurrahim, if he played in the NBA today, holy shit, dude. That is one of the guys that I look back on. Him and Tim Thomas, because Tim Thomas was six foot nine, uh, you know, 40% from the three-point line. I looked this up the other day. That's why I know that. But uh, that Sharif Abdurrahim was one of those guys that I look back on. I'm like, holy shit, man. If this dude played in 2022, that dude might be, you know, he's a top 10 player in the NBA, dude. Like I, I, I believe that. So the, it really sparked us what, what it was, Eric, cause I mean, you just got on this hype because people, I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago, everybody was on the Rashid Wallace. Some, I forget who it was. Somebody said it, but they said if Rashid Wallace played in today's NBA, he'd be Giannis, which I don't really, I don't agree with. Okay. Um, I, I was a really big fan. I know you were a really, really big fan of Rashid Wallace. I watched him play a lot of games. Really good player, um, but come on, Giannis, at the end of the day, I, I think Giannis has a real chance to be a top five NBA player of all time. I, I don't think you could ever put Rashid Wallace in that category. So, um, But the Sharif Abdurrahim, then, that, that's kind of where Rashid Wallace got the minds, you know, got my head turning and um, on thinking back, back in the early 2000s of guys that I thought would translate very well to today's NBA game. And uh, Sharif Abdurrahim, I think, is the number one guy for me that I look back and like, dude, this dude would have killed it. Another another one, former King too, Sharif Abdurrahim. Uh, but another one is uh, Brad Miller. I, I think Brad Miller is another player um, that if he played in today's NBA, he would have been. He was good. Brad Miller was an All Star, but I think he's a guy that would have been, you know, a five time All Star just because he didn't do it much, but he really had the ability to shoot the three. Um, so yeah, those those are two guys that I look back in Kings uniforms that would their games would have translated perfectly to today. Yeah, I'm like Brad Miller. Would you? Would this be fair? Like, kind of how? Well, that's kind of how Brooke Lopez, I guess. You know, Brooke, Brooke, yeah, Brooke Lopez is a real interesting player. We've talked about this. Like, you know, when Brooke Lopez was at Stanford, I remember when he was coming out. It was Tim Duncan there. You know, Tim Duncan was was the fundamental power forward. And I remember them kind of saying he's kind of like a Tim Duncan player. I, I've I, I have a hard time saying that uh, because Tim Duncan is one of my favorite players of all time and. But nevertheless, that's kind of what people are saying, right? That that skill set, that back to the basket, down low. Even at the time, like LaMarcus Aldridge, those are two guys. LaMarcus Aldridge is another guy. Where early in the career, mid-range shot, back, back to the basket, post-game, touch. And as they developed their careers, they turned into real shooters, like real perimeter shooters. And I mean, Brooke Lopez to this day is still playing and he's and he's on really successful teams on the low. And, you, and people think because he's so old, like, oh, he's kind of older. But like, no, on the low, that dude has been playing on pretty good teams for quite some time now. And a lot of it's because he he's still big and athletic of that time and still kind of can play down low a little bit and still block shots. And he's huge, but he also can shoot and lead shooter. Yeah, he's a real legit uh, three point shooter and and. LaMarcus Aldridge, obviously more the mid-range, but he's kind of even the same, even towards the end, three-pointers. And so, like, you talk about these guys we mentioned, like Pat Garrity, Rasheed Wallace, (laughs) Tim Thomas. Yeah, it's a weird comparison. I'm not comparing them, but I'm saying guys like this where they just, that's why I think they made that Rasheed Wallace thing. Like you said, yeah, I was a big fan of that Pistons team, right? And uh, Rasheed Wallace was, uh, he, he could just play defense. He could handle the ball, but he really could, not only could he shoot, he can kind of get he can kind of get the shot off like 
like uh, lanky big scorers now do. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not saying Rashid Wallace is Kevin Durant, and I'm not saying he's Giannis. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but like how those guys are that size and can kind of cross cross pull up versus catch and shoot, right? That's a difference. And Rasheed Wallace had a little bit of that, but he was, I believe Rasheed Wallace was a legit down low defender. And maybe, you know, and that's what's interesting is that era. You kind of wonder about these guys because they they were they, they were gritty. They could play defense, but they had the skill set, but some of them didn't excel past. But but you, I guess you can kind of do this though all the time, right? And you can kind of say, what if you brought all these players and put these players back? And, you know, and, and I think about that, but well, I, think I think for me though, like you're saying how, how you can bring players back, I, I can't say that for guys like in the in the early 90s and the 80s for sure. You look at those guys games, okay? I don't know if you could say that, dude. They, you know, they they were just so different. They first off, okay, I don't care what anybody says. The guys from the 80s like early they they weren't athletic enough, okay? Like they 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 just they weren't that athletic. Like you know, you look at even the elite guys. You know, you look at like a Patrick Ewing well, how would Patrick Ewing's games translate to today? When you when you you know you really look at this, like he didn't shoot. You know he wasn't a shooter. Uh, he wasn't really taking guys off the dribble. He was a back to the basket, just one of the all time great back to the basket you know players. And I look at him, and people hate this stuff, but I I see you know I I just don't know how his game would translate to today. Like I don't I don't know if you agree with me on that, but do you think a guy like Patrick Ewing could play today? I don't. I'm not saying he wouldn't be in the NBA, but I don't think he'd be the Hall of Famer and one of the 50th greatest players like he has been. Um, it's really, you know, I look back to the late 90s and those early 2000s. There was, there was guys, man, I, I, that had the athleticism, the size, and really when three-point shooting kind of, you know, took off a little bit, that guys are probably five to seven years too early. Well, one of the things I like to do in my brain logically, though, is like is say, well, I imagine that these guys then would have developed the same focusing on the same and, traits and maybe yes. and maybe they would have developed that. And you that's, know, a, like, that's a fair argument. But I, I I'm saying without all that, without having to change anything, you know, like you wouldn't have to change anything. If Rashid Wallace walked into the NBA today with his training and everything, he would walk into the NBA today and be probably more effective than he was back in the late nineties and the mid. Well, just, yeah, just cause it's, well, those That's guys, more per, those guys more particularly because like I said, the games, the games catered to them. You know who would be crazy though? I think in today's NBA bro would be Charles Barkley. I think Charles Barkley would be, would be fucking dominant right now. Just Char- a, a way better Draymond. Dude, Charles Barkley like legit ran the court with the yeah, ball in his hands. He did. He did. <laughs> and he rebound, and he, he rebound at his height. In an era where motherfuckers were huge and it banging, and he wasn't that tall, rebound, like that f- he's six four. That's it. That he's was, yeah, yeah. He's not that big, and he was running the court with like a guard, but he's kind of like the size of a guard, and he was physical. I, I think, I think Charles Barkley, like prime Charles Barkley, people don't talk about. Right, you don't talk about like the when rings. you use it's because the rings. Yeah, man. but but if you really look at that guy though, he was a. He's a he's a very unique player. I think his game would translate crazy. Okay, so I that's, do. So that I was going to ask you, a guy from pre nineteen ninety five whose game would translate the best to today. Who who's a guy that you would like to see pre nineteen ninety five? Barkley. Well, well, no, because I you know this kind of asks like I was going to ask you a question like who who are your you know favorite players of all time? And my number uh my number two favorite player of all time, which I wasn't I was really young when he stopped playing, but. 
it's uh it's Larry Bird. I think Larry Bird, that's that's who I always go to. Like if Larry Bird played today, bro, it'd be fucking he would dominate, dude. He would dominate. Like if you go look at Larry Bird's prime stats, it's like it's 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 unbelievable. You know, it's basically like Kevin Durant kind of. He's he's you know the statistic. I looked I looked at a side by side comparison recently, but he rebounded. He passed like he you know he shot an arrow you couldn't even shoot. Like I just I just think Larry Bird would because I think for guys super versatile and especially guys who could shoot back then, so you're versatile all over and you could shoot. I think automatically those guys like in my mind translate to current basketball. You know, it's the guys who who couldn't shoot and they just, you know, had athleticism purely that you have you can kind of ring down now because a lot everyone in the NBA is 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 athletic, except for like the Kings roster the last, you know, four or five years with all the G League players. But that's you know, besides that, every other NBA team has been able to get more athletic than way back at what in the eighties, I think. So Larry Bird. So let me let me hear I you know, we mean you we haven't talked about this in years, so give me give me your top five then. Your top five favorite, not your best. Oh, okay, favorite, favorite, favorite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, number one is Ben Wallace all day. Yeah, all day. I knew that. So, I knew that. So, so and every, yeah, so Ben Wallace because so if, you know if you didn't watch Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace legitimately made it into the Hall of Fame as an undrafted fr- uh, f- free agent and like the guy that had no offensive game. So uh, you know people talk about oh Draymond like no no Draymond had didn't have shit on Ben Wallace. Ben Wallace was dominant blocks rebounds steals on ball five positions he even guarded Shaq in the eastern six, conference finals nine. at no, six in, nine in the, not in the eastern conference finals in the nba finals well that's impossible because they're both eastern Wait, conference no teams. no they weren't dude Shaq oh you're talking about the, the lakers, lakers oh yeah yeah my bad i thought you were talking about the miami team that's what i was that's what i was in my head i was thinking so we're both right all right so anyway ben wallace but number two is larry bird and it mostly just like i've watched so many larry bird videos growing up i you know, I've seen everyone, every pass, every so Larry Bird. And then number uh number three is Tim Duncan for me. Uh, I always liked Tim Duncan uh growing up. And and that's just pro- when I talk about prime two thousands, Tim Tim Duncan's the guy. Um and if I go four, it's LeBron James, just watching that guy from the start of his career to now. It's LeBron. And then um five, um is probably, you know. I always go back and forth. Prime DeMarcus Cousins, even though the Kings was so fun to watch. And I even saw a highlight video. So I always say for now, it was like Prime DeMarcus Cousins for me. He's just so fun, dude. He's so unique. And I think that um, he's going to become kind of like a cult favorite amongst pe- YouTube people in the future, I think, that didn't watch him play, but watch his stats. I'm like, whoa, fuck, dude. This guy, because if you, if you take him out and you just look at him, uh, you know, on its own, his highlight tape on its own, at you know, out of context, like, dude, no one doing shit like that at his size. So, I, I think that's a good safe five for me. Yeah, I would have to go Tracy McGrady number one. Yeah, you always I, say that. You always say that. T Mac has been, you know, T Mac's dude. Any era, okay, this is the thing, but any era, the size, the athleticism, the scoring ability. Like people forget because T Mac's body broke down, but like you talk about like 2002, 2001 to 2005, I'm taking Tracy McGrady over Kobe Bryant. Like in in the four year span, I'm taking him. Fuck the rings, right? Like fuck fuck the fuck the rings, right? I'm taking Tracy McGrady over Kobe Bryant at their peak of their powers. Okay, I'm taking T Mac over Kobe all day long, dude. And Ryan's always been consistent with that. And you know, T Mac six he's six, six eight, dude. Yeah, they say I thought he was six nine, thick, athletic, can bring it down to the post, can fucking score from 
anywhere, dude. You know, just the shit teams that that guy played with and that guy was getting in the playoffs, dude. You know, in Orlando, like I said, with Pat Garrity, bro, with, you know, like Tony Delk on his team and just randoms, bro. That guy was that guy was winning games. So T-Mac, number one, number two is LeBron James. Um, Like Eric said, dude, you know, obviously I watched his first game ever because it was against Sacramento. Um, I got his jersey when I was in fourth grade, his rookie year before he even played a game. I got his I got his jersey. Um, number three this is where it gets hard for me. Oh, number three is probably Peja. I I loved Peja Stoyakovich as a kid, dude. Just that's another one, dude. The size, six foot ten, can shoot it, can put it on the put it on the floor, can can score from almost anywhere on the court. Um, so number three is Peja. Number four. I might get hate for this prime Carmelo Anthony. Like I'm talking like 2009 Carmelo and uh, in Denver nuggets going up against Kobe in the Western conference finals, that Carmelo Anthony, if you guys don't know, go watch the highlights. It's unreal. Uh, and the number five is prime prime DMC for sure. Yeah. You're here with me. Well, yeah. player, I would love to list, but I can't list. Cause honestly, I didn't, I didn't like it's Shaq. I didn't like Shaq in his, you know, for the Lakers. I didn't really, I didn't really like, Shaq is weird. I never liked Shaq at any point of his career. I always rooted against him, uh, his teams. I didn't like his teams, but I, but as a player, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I always, I always, get, I always respect Shaq. And when I do it, when I give a top, I was, we can say fuck it and do a top five because we've never done it before. My top, a top five, like all starting lineup, how to create a team, a most dominant team. Like every single time, Shaq is the center for me every time, and I always put that out there. I mean, the prime Shaq is the most, and it, I don't even think it's. Uh, it's debatable. I think that he is, it's the most dominant player ever fucking ever. And people will say, well, Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain played with a bunch of random, like nobodies. Shaq was playing against real deal, you know, big men in an era where you could, that was the game. Like the game was get down low and fucking, you know, beat each other up. And he was so dominant. Yeah. Yeah, He was so, he was so good. So my top five, uh, if I had to create the most dominant team of all time, it's uh, it's Shaq. Um, man, I always, I always. It's uh, easy. You want me to do mine? Real quick? No, I, 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 I'm gonna go Shaq. I'm gonna, I'm gonna weasel it because I always weasel it. Shaq, Tim Duncan. So you know, I said there, and then small forward is gonna be Larry Bird, and then it's gonna be uh, um, Michael Jordan, and at point guard, it's LeBron James because I think LeBron James, it can, you know. So as I said, I weasel it right there to get to get LeBron on because I get my boy Larry. You know, but yeah, what's yours? Mine's Shaq, Durant, Larry Bird, Jordan, LeBron. Yeah, and you don't just mean you, I, just because that's your top five of all time. That just means like that's, that's my just best be lineup. Yeah, that's my be best clear. lineup because when I look at that lineup in today's basketball, the spacing's ridiculous. Okay, Le- LeBron, in my opinion, is a point guard. He's the best point guard of all time, in my opinion. When I look at his skill set. You know, his him being able to find people and, and just his whole his just his game. Okay. Jordan, we know Jordan. When you need a bucket, the one-on-one game, nobody's gonna guard him one-on-one. But when you look at how the game's played today, you have to put two people down on Shaq. You have to. So it Larry Bird and Durant are gonna be sitting in the corners wide open. You because you're not gonna take somebody off Jordan. You can't take somebody off LeBron. What are you gonna do? So in my opinion, you're gonna have 
you know, I think Larry Bird and and Kevin Durant are, are two of the best shooters of all time. I don't see how anybody can stop that. And I think, you know, Durant's a very underrated defensive player. And let's be honest, dude, Kevin Durant's seven foot, dude. They, I, I saw this. I saw this picture. Demar- Demarcus Cousins and Durant standing next to each other. DMC was listed as six eleven. Durant was like two inches taller, bro. So like the height, and and you have you have Shaq in there to make up for it, dude. So Shaq, Bird, Durant, Jordan, LeBron. I don't see a I don't see a team that that can fuck with that. Not even close. Yeah, that's some fun 2K shit. All right, hey, I was scrolling through Kingsland, Ryan. We introduced a segment last episode, like like Kingsland. I forgot what I call it. I I never forget, I remember things like it was like rapid Kingsland takes or something like something along those lines. I was looking. I was just looking through. Like I said, there's not a lot going on, man. You know, but uh, well, Bill Russell died, and so we're talking about legendary players and stuff like that. Uh, so I first thing is you know. Years back uh, at Arco, we were able to see Bill Russell stand just a couple feet from him. I took a picture, and and you know Ryan, the, uh, we have talked on the a podcast before some of the fun sports moments we've ever had, and I think that um, you know we went to the national championship a couple years ago. For me, that's one of them. Um, you know, and then p- seeing a player, seeing somebody up close, like we got to see um, Shaq. And Steve Nash together, I count that as one. We've talked about that experience. We saw it Sunstein. Jason you Richardson, know. too. That was cool. Yeah. That was always we a big got, fan of his. We, we, we got to see uh, LeBron James this year, and we got to sit behind the bench and, and see LeBron. Um, you know, and I think seeing Bill Russell was probably, for me, that was that kind of up there. I was like, oh, shit, dude. That's like fucking Bill Russell, bro. <laughs> but so, but not to mention much time. I just saw it, but uh, I, I would tell you, I don't think Bill Russell would be, I don't think he'd be it. You think he'd be good in this era since we're talking about that with that stuff? No, you just, you know. No. Yeah. No. Guys back, I mean, guys I back mean, then, it's way too hard. It's, it's it's too hard. Like you you watch the highlights here, especially because he passed this week. So, you know, people they're showing his highlights. And it's like, dude, those guys, they dribbled like with their right hand only. And like hella robotic down the court, just like dribble, 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 not running full speed, really dribble, dribble, dribble. Like it, they just, I, I, they weren't athletic enough, man. And this is the one thing that all the quote unquote old heads bug me with is they try to say, oh, you're, you know, oh, this guy's the goat from the seventies or he's the goat from this era or, or dude, people evolve. Okay. It is, you know, that's, that's without question. People evolve. So um, you know, 50, 60 years ago, the people weren't as fast, as strong, as big as they are today. And I stand by that. So um, I just don't think, you know, evolution wise that they're where humans are at today. So, yeah, uh, there was an interesting post on Kingsland. Uh, credit to our guy, KC, fellow admin of Kingsland Facebook page posted a hypothetical. I never thought about this. Uh, you know, if, if the Kings ended up going to the 2002 finals and actually ended up winning and, and Chris Weber won a finals MVP, like how that would, how that would change his person. That was a good conversation on there. Um, well, I de- of course it would change Chris Weber's perception. I mean, that guy's kind of known as being a super talented player who never really won one. So, but it was a good conversation. That was a good post on here. Uh, someone posted the remaining free agents. I'm going to just post this out, Ryan. Still on the market, dude. Oh, Willie Cauley Stein. Yeah, Willie Cauley Stein, uh, Demarcus Cousins, who else? Uh, Enos Cantor, 
aka Freedom. Uh, they should King should sign him, bro. I like mm-hmm. him. He's always Montrose Harold. He can't guy, play. Yeah. Def- he can't play any defense. I know. Dude. I just I just wanted to. I just wanted to. Like uh, Montrose so Harold. I can never see his name. He's cool. Like there there are a lot of names. Like if you took this, if you just kind of took this Kelly U- Kelly Ubre still out there. Right? Yeah. If you kind of took this list and you just kind of looked at it and just saw the names, like whoa, what the fuck, what's going put, on, dude? Put all those guys on the list on a team. They might yeah, be like, pretty good. Yeah, well, in their primes, like Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap yeah. <laughs> is still out there, and Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Reza. Kent Bazemore, you know, I liked I liked Kent Bazemore when he was here. He was cool. He had a little something, you know. Uh, yeah, a bunch of random guys, but I don't get how I don't get how Carmelo is not on the team because the guy can just he can score like he still averaged thirteen points per game last year. Like you're gonna tell me like if you're Milwaukee or somebody and you need bench scoring shooting. You know, you need shooting. You can't bring Melo on. So I, I'm that that would really surprise me. I think the Lakers just needed a bigger role from him and he's not ready there. But you know, like if you're if you're a team on the cusp, you know, like Miami and you need bench scoring. I think Carmelo still got in the tank, bro. Like you can tell me this dude 13 points per game last year, he can't come in and hit corner threes, you know. Maybe I'm biased because I love the guy, but he can well, still score, dude. He can still score. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he, it's not a matter of him not getting something. I think it's just those guys wait. They wait and they get all choosy. Besides that, man, not a lot of posts. I think if anything that's developing, I could see happening in the, in the, next, in the next couple of weeks or months before the season. People are starting to kind of uh, put the bullseye, get the target like locked in on someone this season who they're going to be giving shit to. And, you know, you know, people do that before the season who they love and they're going to hype and it's going to get a toll pass who they're going to put the bulls on. But De'Aaron Fox is all over. And I, I think it's valid. I, I, I even talked about it. all these years. We've kind of, I've also be for myself, just been defending the guy and people are starting to kind of bullseye in. So that's going to be one uh, to, to talk about. But uh, all right. Last thing, last thing, Ryan betting episode uh, we've been doing. I don't need to ask you 32 and a half wins. 32. Can we get we I think we did talk about it. We're like, we need to put the futures in. The Kings are Kings have 32 and a half. I'm I'm hammering that over. That's why not? Well, you know, this is the thing. We we take the over no matter what every single year. So I'm gonna take the over. Um but yeah, 32 and a half wins, dude. With the roster you put together, you have like you have to win the over. Like you have to win more games than 32. Like that's what I'm saying. I, I, if, yeah, if like, they don't win 32, to. people are gonna get fired. It's everybody's gonna be... everybody's <laughs> getting fired. Yeah, like he's gonna yeah, go crazy, Deer, dude. Deer and Fox gets traded, Sabonis gets traded. Like you have to. If you don't win 32 games this year, holy shit, dude. Yeah, it'll be bad. So I, I just think if there were a time I'd be like, hey, that, that's a little off. I think I'm gonna take it. So a hey, fun episode. Uh probably keep coming at you the same pace, Ryan. Um, I haven't heard anything coming up. I don't see anything coming up as far as trades, rumors. It's like the most dead time there is. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the Kings actually feel confident and have a plan, you know, which would be nice. But hey guys, we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact to be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find Ryan and I on Twitter and Facebook at Kings Cast Eric and at Kings Cast Ryan. Uh, if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and give us that five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. And if you ever want to check out more episodes, we are on the Believe Podcast Network, network where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.